You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 21 of the Tool Station Western League podcast. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of The Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing, doing well. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and all the listeners, of course. Season's greetings. Mm. And, uh, well, we should say, and a happy new year, because that's what we're going to be um, looking forward to, certainly in the in the second half um, or towards the end of the podcast. Um, did you have a pleasant Christmas, Tom? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was uh, a good time, obviously, still. Still um, got a few sort of family festivities and stuff lined up, so yeah, still still in the uh, in in the spirit, which is nice. And obviously, New Year's, as you say, um, yeah, to look forward to still. But yeah, it's been good. How about yourself? Yes, very very good, very so good then. indeed. Did, did you have any special presents you'd like to tell the listeners about? <laughs> Not that I can think of off the top of my head, which is probably a bad bad sign. Uh, <laughs> it's probably more my memory, even though it's only a couple of days ago. Plenty of chocolate. I mean, that's always yeah, a couple of. A couple of sports books and, and stuff like that, some some, some boxer shorts and, and things like that, some That's socks. probably more information that, than we needed yeah, to know. I think it probably is. So Thank there you we for go. sharing that with the group. That's the stuff I, I did ask. Off my head. <laughs> How about you? I, I did uh, that. Um, I got some nice slippers for my wife. Oh, yes. I, I think I've reached that difficult age. Yeah. A um, few bottles of wine, which is um, always very... That's what you want. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I am I'm, I can't complain. And I, you know... It's all about good company, isn't it? And eating yes. and drinking well. And there was far too much of that went on. And I think it would be fair to say that I'm suffering as a result of that <laughs> um, now. But, um, uh, well, moving swiftly on to this week's edition of the podcast, um, we hear from Aaron Sevier. Um, Aaron is the manager, the new manager, relatively new manager of um, Shepton Mallet. And it's his first time on the podcast. So we look forward to welcoming on a new manager, as we always do. And we hear from a manager who has been around considerably longer, Lee Perks at Brislington. They're having a very good season. Uh, had a fantastic game against Shirehampton, which I know we're going to talk about. So um, uh, we're going to hear from um, from Lee later. And, of course, we will be taking a look at the fixtures on the 2nd of um, January. We will be moving into 2023. So that gives us an opportunity to look at the league tables. And I don't think too much can change between now and the start of the new year and there are a couple of games on Friday the 30th of December um, which we might touch upon in the fixtures section but um, yeah I think we'll get a pretty good idea of of who our league leaders will be in in each division um, come the end of um, 2022. Anyway we'll kick things off then by looking back at Boxing Day uh, Monday the 26th of December and in the Premier Division a pretty one-sided affair between Ashton and Backwell United and Canesham Town. Yeah, absolutely. Some festive cheer uh, for Ashton fans. It was, yeah, it was good to see. Cause they've not, you know, uh, not had a, a whole heap of wins so far this year. But this was a, a good one, a four-nil victory for them at home to to Canesham on on uh, on Boxing Day, as you say. Uh, and it was uh, a couple of goals from Lewis Hedges, which uh, yeah, really stand-up performance in this one. He opened the scoring and then also scored the final goal uh, late on with the volley. So uh, yeah, he was very much the star man. Also a goal from uh, Shane Mannings and uh, Joe Banks as well. Uh, so that was yeah, good four-nil win for Ashton back over Canesham. And a good way to sign off on 2022. Mm. Um, now, Bridgewater United against Clevedon Town. Bridgewater, of course, for a long time have been our league leaders. They've lost their crown to um, Saltash in uh, recent weeks. But um, with this game on uh, on Saturday, and they had the opportunity to retake the lead of the division. But it was an opportunity that they passed up, Tom. They did. They, yeah, had a little bit of a slip up. Uh, they did uh, come back to, to, to grab, a, grab a late point in this one. And they did draw two all with uh, Clevedon. Uh, they'd gone ahead... 
through Jack Taylor, uh, a glancing header from him. Uh, but uh, yeah, Clevedon, to, to, to their credit, really, yeah, really battled hard in this one. And then uh, Archie Ferris uh, with a header of his own pretty soon after uh, from a Freddie King corner. Uh, that was early in the early in the second half to, to draw Clevedon level. Uh, and then, the, yeah, in fact, they, they, they went ahead uh, 10 minutes after uh, that was uh, 10 minutes after half time. They went went in front and it was Glenn Hayer uh, from long range uh, doing, doing the business for them. So uh, Clevedon 2 went up and uh, yeah. On track for a, a pretty pretty memorable victory, but uh, yeah, Bridgewater, to, to their credit again, uh, did come back uh, and salvaged the point. Uh, Jake Brown tripped in the box, and it was Taylor again uh, stepping up to make no mistake from the spot. Uh, so that was uh, yeah, an entertaining two-all draw between Bridgewater and Cleveland. Yeah, one I'm sure will have frustrated the home side, but mm. interesting to see that they've still managed to keep the scoreboard ticking over, and it'd yeah. be fascinating to see how important that is come the end of the season. Uh, now, um, a five-goal thriller uh, to talk about, um, Tom, between Buckland Athletic and Wellington. Absolutely, yeah, this one. This one had it all, and it was Buckland who eventually ran out 3-2 winners, twice coming from behind in this one, and it was, uh, yeah, a pretty incredible uh, start to both halves, uh, with Wellington uh, going going ahead in either half uh, within two minutes of, of, of it starting. It was the same goal score on each occasion, Jake Quick. Uh, so, obviously, put them ahead head after only two minutes of, of the game. Uh, and then it was Kieran Bridger drawing Buckland level on the first occasion. Uh, quick then scoring again, as I say, at the at the beginning, right at the beginning of the second half to make it 2-1 to the visitors. Uh, and then, yeah, Buckland uh, forced to battle back once again. And uh, yeah, they did the business uh, with 10 minutes remaining. That was, a, that was a penalty from Owen Stockton. So that set the game up uh, beautifully going into the, the final couple of minutes. Uh, and that was, yeah, definitely not the end of the drama. Miles Quick, brother of, uh, brother of Jake, uh, dismissed following a... Pretty cynical foul, I think, uh, bringing down a, a, an attacker. Uh, and from the resulting free kick, it was Sam Morecambe. Uh, heavily deflected, I think, this, uh, this this set piece, but it did go in the back of the net and, uh, yeah, gave Buckland all three points. So a real, real entertaining affair down at home as Heath. And it was the home side that went home happiest. A 3-2 win for them over, Buckland, uh, over Wellington side. Uh, the next game features two sides with two big reputations uh, from Cornwall. Saltash United um, took on Falmouth Town. Now, of course, we'd heard earlier that Bridgewater United dropped points at home in their game to Clevedon. So the question is, Tom, could Saltash take advantage? <laughs> Absolutely not, unfortunately for them. Uh, as, we, as, as you say, a couple of... Uh... Couple of uh, couple of Cornish giants. We like the uh, we like the derbies around this time of year, don't we? So uh, yeah, plenty plenty um, plenty at stake. And it was Saltash who did yeah did go ahead. Uh, added time at the end of the first half. Adam Carter putting them in front. And obviously uh, yeah uh, on on track to to get their 16th league win of the campaign. So they really have been obviously doing really well this year. And uh, as I say, they were one up one up at the break. Uh, and then Falmouth, uh, well, incredible comeback. 75th minute, they finally got back on level terms, and that was Tim Nixon drawing them level then. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they seemed to find a second wind after that, uh, scoring twice more in the final 10 minutes. Ollie Walker uh, and Marcelo Jones credited with the goals in, in the final final couple of moments there. And, uh, yeah, pretty memorable victory for, for Falmouth away at uh, league leaders Saltash. Well, that was the score at Saltash, and it was also the score at Shepton Mallet. But which side ran out 3-1 winners here, Tom? It was the hosts, uh, and they've now won four on the bounce uh, after coming from behind to, to beat Welton. So another another fantastic result for, for Shepton, and uh, yeah, maintaining their spot uh, towards the top of the table. I know we're going to touch on the uh, the tables uh, shortly, so we'll uh, I'll, I'll go into more detail then. But yeah, they, it didn't start greatly for them, obviously, uh, coming from behind. 28 minutes in, and it was Toby Cole putting Welton Welton in front. Uh, but yeah, uh, Shepton coming back into it, and uh, yeah, they're potentially a little bit rusty. Uh, obviously, have a couple of teams haven't played a lot recently because of 
postponements and whatnot. But uh, yeah, they drew level uh, three minutes into stoppage time at the end of the first half, and that was a Finn Haynes header, and that was uh, yeah absolutely crucial to get them back into the game. Uh, and then after the break, yeah, they they, they did the business. Uh, Jacob Sloggett with a penalty, uh, and then he provided uh, assist uh, for Josh Jenkins, who wrapped things up in the closing stages. So uh, another win for Shepton, three-one uh, over Welton. Well, the Shepton manager is Aaron Sevier. Aaron Sevier played uh, four games this season for Welton Rovers. Um, so, uh, having taken on the reins at uh, Shepton, I started my conversation but with Aaron by congratulating him on another win. Uh, this time, of course, against a side that he knows very well. And I'd wanted to know whether Welton made Shepton work hard for those three points. Yeah, I, I think so. I think to be honest, I spoke to uh, Tom Smith, obviously, who I know quite well. Um, I said to him at the end of the game, I think 3-1 probably probably flattered us a little bit. Um, these Boxing Day games are the old ad saying of uh, the form book to be ripped up. And I think that with, with the recent weather, we've not really had a form book to, to play to. But um, I, I do think it flattered us. I have to be honest that I think Welton were... They played a lot better than their league position, uh, position shows. But... Um, I think as a, as a team, it's our third game together and it's the first time we'd gone behind and we, we needed that game, really. We needed to go behind to just to see what character we had as a group and to see how, um, you know, how we can, how we can come back to get back in games. But yeah, I, I thought Welton were great, really. And I, and I think they'll go on to, to strengthen and I think they'll, they'll, they'll do well this season. Do you think the fact that you've played for Welton this season gave you an insight into how they were going to set up? Or did that give you an advantage in the game? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, Tom Smith, well, Smithy would have known exactly how I would have set up. I mean, we were he was my assistant manager at Welton under Eanes for, for two or three seasons. So I think he knew exactly how, how we were going to set up and how I was going to set the team up. But it did help play in as recently as probably five weeks ago for that team. Um, I knew the players, I knew their strengths, I knew their weaknesses, but I felt we were strong enough and, and comfortable enough for, for Welton to have to came, come to us and, and figure out how to beat us more than us worry about them. But um, it definitely gives you an advantage, yeah. I think I didn't have to study any uh, VO cam footage or, or speak to anybody else. You know, it, it was kind of one of the easiest games to prepare for, but one of the most nervous ones I think I've been part of for a while. I have to say, I didn't realise that there was a an Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker dynamic to your relationship. <laughs> um, so that adds another bit of spice. Four wins from four games. You must be delighted with the start that you've made to life as Shepton's manager. I'm very, very lucky to have inherited uh, a, such a good team, a young team. I think the average age is roughly around 23. Um, I, I put that up a little bit when I bring myself on, but it... <laughs> It is, it is. I have been very lucky. You know, I've been part of the Shepton squad now. For, I think it's my fifth season there, um, and Locks and Derbs have, have created a great atmosphere at the club and, and have brought in a real solid team now and a real good core that has stuck around for ages. So yeah, I can't lie. Of course, I've been I've been lucky to inherit such a good squad. But for me, it was coming in and, and, and seeing what else could I do, what else from the experience I've had could I find to take us to a different level. You know, and and that. That's where I think that these last three games, it's three or four games, there's the, the shackles are off a little bit. It's, it's that new manager effect. I think when any club gets a new a new management in, players perform differently. They want to. Some lads that weren't playing have come in for me and have played all three games and have, it's, to be honest, have been probably one of the best players. 
it, it opens up doors for players a little bit. And I think um, that's that's what's kind of given us this little run that we're on at the moment that we hope hope can continue right up into New Year. That That is a very interesting point you make because, of course, you have inherited a, a very good side, one that's been doing very well this season and also has a very good reputation in the Western League. And, and given that this is your first managerial job at this level of the game I wondered whether or not that would be whether that would bring its ad, its own added pressure yes you know the tools that you have at your disposal are are very good but I suppose with that comes a higher level of expectation yeah absolutely I mean the being offered this you know this job and being 31 still playing obviously being at Welton at the point it was a big decision for me but anybody who knows me um even Locks and Derbs themselves it I've never really backed myself as a player. I've never been a confident player. Uh, I've always been a player myself that needs a few runner games and a bit of momentum. But as a manager, this has been something I've I've been a coach since I was 15. So I've always been wanting this opportunity. And I, it's come a little earlier than I expected, but I've always backed myself. And, and, and I, I like thriving under pressure. You know, yeah, I think people may have written Shepton off a little bit when, when Locks and Derbs left and, and I came in be in my first job but that's that's how we want to roll with it we're quite happy to stay under the radar you know people know we've inherited a good team but you've still got to come in and do a job you've still got to be able to keep those boys together you've still got to be able to keep them you know moving forward and the momentum so I think the pressure is something I'd rather instead of coming into a job where you feel there's nothing to lose nothing to gain you just kind of plod on for the next six months I'd rather have been thrown in the deep end and sink or swim situation really so how did the um the offer to take over as manager come about because obviously as you said you were you know you were playing um at the time Uh, but i guess that that spell that you've had at the club and the relationships that you've made has obviously left an impression on the people that run shepton mallet yeah i the early the early start of this season or maybe last season um i i started i have done a few of the under sevens eights and nines before games before they they've always known my coaching background so i've always been involved with a lot of the youth set up there uh, i went down and helped run the under 18s in their first ever fa youth cup appearance so it has been well known around the club that one day i would look to go into management and you know with Tom smith being as young as he is at welton and my my links with welton welton was never an option and then with Shepton, I've always put it out there to, to the committee and to, to fans and stuff. One day I would be back, whether that was playing or managing. And I think about four or five weeks later, Locks and Derbs obviously rightfully so took a position higher at Porton. Um, this one became available. And I, to be honest, I, I applied for experience in, in the interview process to see what it would be like in a few years' time. But I, I must have, have done something right to, to have left that, that impression on the, on the committee. And, and here we are. So what goals have you set for yourself and the side for the rest of this season? Building on what the, the previous management had, had already done, you know, I, I, I think for us, like you talked about earlier with pressure, there is, there is the, the risk of dropping out that top six uh, and, and, and maybe undoing some of the hard work that, that those guys had put in and even myself there as a player. But top six was minimum, um, stay up in those positions. But for us, if you look at the Soltas situation and, teams around us maybe dropping points a little bit we're we're hitting a good run of form now after a bit of a, a rocky patch in october i would say top four for us is something that as a club we, we certainly want to achieve um we're not we're not talking promotion here or anything but top four would be as far as i'm aware one of shepton's highest finishes and 
I think for us, that's that's got to be the goal. I, I, I can't see any reason to be looking behind us. We should be looking forward. And what about next season? Because the Premier Division is going to look very different um, with the new Western Peninsula League. So ha- having played in the in in the enlarged Western League, uh, do you welcome the move to the new uh, the, the new Western Peninsula League? I do. Yeah. Look, I I'm probably one of those that wasn't a fan of the travelling. Uh, quite quite vocal on Twitter about it, but it it has actually been quite uh, you know good laugh. You know, you think of the bus journeys for the boys, and you go down to Marisol and. We're doing Helston on Monday. Um, it has added a little bit different. And I'm, if I'm being honest, it, uh, as a footballing team, it, you, you, we must be looking forward to it because the, the Cornwall teams are some of the strongest teams that we've probably ever come against. So losing them, I don't think it'll devalue the league because you think of the teams that are rumoured to come back in your in your Corshams and, and Bradford's and, and teams like that. You know, the, the league's still going to be very strong, very competitive, more derbies and things. So it is a welcome move for, for us at Shepton, I think. We're probably one of the, the, the southern teams, really the highest up in the maps, but especially me from Trowbridge is a long way. And it will be one of those things, you don't know what it's got till it's gone type of thing. I think we will miss those those teams once they're gone. Um, but it certainly puts us in a position to strengthen and make a real go at it next year if we, if we, you know, we don't force on this year. Now, your next two games, of course, will be two games that you won't be playing next season, Helston and Tor Point. Um, do yeah. you think that uh, you can keep your good runner form going against those sides? I think so. I think Helston's a big test. I think that's probably... Well, Welton was our first real big test with mine and, uh, as you call it, the, uh, the Star Wars kind of saga between me and Smithy. But this is this is a different test. This is stepping into the unknown a little bit for, for me, certainly. I'll definitely be doing my homework, as I've already been doing whether they know much about me or not as a manager is a different side. So we're going down full of confidence with three wins for myself and obviously four under uh, under different management. I think we, we've got to fancy ourselves down there. I'm not we don't go into any game trying to just take a point. I don't I don't see don't see the value in that really. Yeah, we are going down for all three, keep keep the points and it'd be the last time we visit Helston in a long time other than Cup. So why you know we we wanna leave leave a lasting impact down there really and Playing Tor Point, I, I played them not long ago for Welton, so that gives me a bit of a uh, bit of an insight about six to seven weeks ago. So, if I'm honest, it, it, your, your target has to be six points from those games, but football's uh, not one on paper, is it? Uh, now, this is the first time we've had a chat with you, Aaron, um, yeah. uh, on the podcast certainly, and um, I, as is sort of customary for these interviews. Um, uh, I just wondered if you could tell the listeners a little bit about your own footballing journey to the Shepton Mallet dugout. Yeah, well, I spent as a player, I spent many a year uh, playing mid-Somerset. Um, I was at, at West Hill, uh, well, on Arsenal, teams like that. Just real difficult times, to be honest, playing down there. I never really felt I was going to make a move higher, but it happened to be uh, Nicholas Beaverstock, who was well manager at the time. I knew him. I got the job at the Welton Rovers under 18s was there for five to six years that's where I really started to believe it was something I wanted to do um, from there got an opportunity to play for the reserves scored a few goals in there got the opportunity to play for the first team so don't think I made my Western League debut until I was about 25 to be honest I was a bit of a late late starter for that played there for three and a half seasons uh, new new John Durbin from my time playing against Hengrove had to move to Shepton four years at Shepton uh, and I fell in love with the club to be honest it's, it is uh, you know what it's like I think a lot of people speak very highly of the club 
uh, on and off the field and moving from Welton, which was my hometown. I was I was born and raised in Welton. Moving to Shepton was a big move for me back then, going up a level from Div 1 to the Prem. Fell in love with the place and, and felt like it was my new home. And leaving, it was very, very tough. And when the opportunity came up to, to in, just to interview, I was honoured, if I'm honest, just to be interviewed um, and given an opportunity to, to speak uh, and show what I could do. And, you know, two weeks later, I was offered the job and I couldn't wait to, to, to start, really. And now, if I'm honest, if you just said when I was at Welton that I'd be heading down to Helston with three put, you know, nine nine from nine and an unbeaten start, I, I, would, have, I would have snapped that off your hands and, it, it's it's a, it's an unbelievable opportunity for me and, I, and I'm just going to run with it and enjoy it for as long as I possibly can because as we know football can change very quickly but uh, it's been a hell of a journey for me and I'm, people that know me know that this is something I've always wanted to do and I genuinely am so proud to have an opportunity to run a club like Shepton right now. Um, well it has been a, a fantastic start for you I'm sure that was the perfect Christmas present but it wouldn't be this time of the year if we we, we, we have to ask you did you have a nice Christmas Aaron? I did have a nice Christmas yeah uh, spent a lot of time with my boy, um, eight years old. He's he's desperate to play for Shepherd himself. Uh, one day, he's a little footballer himself. He's a left he's a lefty as well, which will always help him. Uh, but I had a good Christmas with family. Mum and dad are back from Malaga. They live out that way. So as everybody does, you spend as much time as you possibly can with your family. And um, to be honest, I was uh, all I was open for this year was three points on Boxing Day. And did you furnish your family with um, some presents from your excellent club shop? <laughs> I did. I know Deck runs a great little club shop there. Um, weirdly, actually, in my son's bedroom is a key ring of a Shepton player, and you'd always thought it would be me. But it's actually uh, Joe Morgan, who's now at Porton. And uh, when Joe Morgan left with Locks and Derbs, I, I think we had a few tears, uh, me included. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Excellent. Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Um, no, good luck, for the, uh, good luck for the rest of the season, and um, I look forward to catching up with you um, later. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now we'll take a look into the first division and we'll kick things off at Brislington, where the visitors were Shire Hampton. And this was a real humdinger, Tom, a, a Boxing Day Bonanza seven-goal thriller. Yeah, absolute feast for, for those in attendance. Uh, yeah, pretty remarkable uh, outcome. Brislington uh, winning 4-3, but that's, yeah, that is half the story. They were down in the dumps after about half an hour. They're 3-0 down. Uh, incredible. Uh, brilliant start to be fair for, for Shire Hampton obviously Dan Spicer Ryan Radford and uh, Scott Bamford all enjoying really good seasons in front of goal and they were yeah all on the score sheet as I say inside a, uh, an opening half hour which saw them absolutely dominate um, and yeah like you'd have thought from, from that point they would uh, yeah hold on and, and, and gain the three points but that wasn't to be in Brislington yeah well, pretty pretty almighty comeback wasn't it uh, Ace of White scoring a couple of penalties uh, the captain leading from the front uh, and then there was also a goal from Jordan Metters uh, pretty pretty early in the second half they were they were back on back on level terms so it really was a, yeah a fantastic um, fantastic fight back in that sort of uh, either side of the break really uh, a couple of minutes before and then yeah as I say early second half they were they were yeah, 
back, back, back on level terms. And uh, yeah, that obviously set up a, a pretty, uh, pretty uh, exciting uh, end to the contest as well. And it was Brisington who managed to score that seventh goal. And it came from Oakland Buck. And uh, yeah, 10 minutes from time or so. And uh, unbelievable turnaround. So a real, real humdinger, as you say, and a 4-3 win for Brisington at home to Shirehampton. A real turnaround, a real humdinger. And uh, I think it just goes to show how close that game was when you look at the scoreline. But um, I started my conversation with Lee Perks by asking him if that's how he found it from the dugout. Yeah, to be honest with you, it was um, a very good game, part from the first sort of 35 minutes for us. We went to uh, 3-0 down, deservedly so, really, because Shire came out of the blocks quite well. It was three really um, stupid mistakes. Um, and then we managed to get a goal or a penalty right on the half, half time to go in it um, 3-1. Um, there was a few uh, few words said at half time. And then second half we come out and uh, I think we thoroughly deserve to win the, win the game, really. Because you have been on a fantastic run of form recently. You've been undefeated since the end of October. What's been your secret? We've had a good a good year. I mean, 2022 has been really good for us, to be honest. We've only lost three. I think we've only drew two. Um, we've been in the mix all year. I think we've been third for a lot of the season. Um, lately, I mean, our last couple of games, I mean, we played Bristol Telephones in the Les Phillips Cup, and we actually went 4-0 down on that one in the first 35 minutes. And that was, yet again, we managed to get a goal just before half-time. And then uh, we went out and won the game 5-4. So the belief is there when we... Um, we get, we you know when we go behind, don't really like you know want to go behind. But and then obviously on Monday, it was the same situation. We went three 0 down in 35 minutes, and then uh, managed to score the the three goal second half to win four um, three. So yeah, the belief was there. Um, we're not beaten until the final whistle. And like I say, 2022 has been really good for us. Because you mentioned in uh, that answer that you've been third in the table for a while only Wells and Nelsey and Tickenham are, are, are ahead of you and actually um, there's really very little in it particularly when you look at games in hand so do you think that the title race this season in the first division is going to be a fight between those three sides yeah to be honest I mean obviously we look at the tables as well and um, I, I looked them after the game on Monday I think the Wells game was called off down at Bishop Sutton uh, just before we went out, and I sort of said to the lads that, you know, we were two games behind, but obviously they're not playing today, so it's only going to give us one more game behind. We need to get some out of it, and obviously we won the game in the end. Um, but for me, really, the first, the, the top three teams out there, like you say, obviously Wells are top, Nels are second, and we're a third. I think that will be, you know, I don't want to tempt fate in any way, but I think that will be the, the three teams that will, will end up in the top three. Who's going to win it? I don't know. I, I'm... Uh, you know, I, I'm going to be biased and say that I think we will win it. I'm bound to say that. But, you know, Nelsie and Wells, um, well, you know, we've got to play them as well. There's a lot of football to go. I know I think I think Audland are fourth and they're sort of eight points behind us. But for, I think, like, personally, I just think, like you say, the top three it is now will finish in that, um, it, it, you know, in the top three. But in what order, I don't know. You said that you hope that you're the, the t- side that, that win the title. I mean, is that your objective? now for the season do you want to be the champions well yeah of course we do I mean I'm no doubt Wells and Nelsie will as well I mean we're probably in the because we got the game in hand on on uh, Wells as well uh, if we win that I think it goes down to goal difference then obviously we've got to play Wells like I say we've got to play Nelsie but if we was to well I think we've got 17 games to go 
I, you know, if we win all 17 games, then we will win the league. That's 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 what I keep saying to the the players. I know it's obviously 17 games is a lot of uh, a lot of games to try and go out and win. But at this moment in time, we're just going to take every game as it comes, or take every game and just tick them off if we win, and go from there. But if we, like I say, we, we've been on a fantastic run. Nothing's won in 2022. Obviously, we've still got three or four months left of the season. Um, the, the, obviously, the weather. We've got a lot of games coming in January now because we've had a couple of games postponed. But yeah, it's, it's a long way to go. But we're in a very good position. Um, personally, I, I like to be where we are. So we're chasing rather than trying to be top. Um, and like we say, come come April, April 14th it is. I can't remember now. Whoever whoever's top of the, the last game to go, if Furley deserves to win the league. Uh, we heard on the podcast last week, we did an interview with John Paul and with Phil Hiscox about the new Western Peninsula yeah. League. And um, in that interview, of course, we've been talking about the top four from the first division being promoted up to yeah. um, one of the new step five um, divisions. I mean, have you given that any thought at the moment about what life will be like for you in the new Western Peninsula League next season? Well, yeah, I mean, it's obviously been stated the reason why we we took the, the relegation to come into Division One. Um, because of obviously the, the the long journeys in the finance, um, and obviously now I think it's obviously set in stone that they're going to do a merger, and I don't know when where where the cut off point will be. And you know, we if if we if we finish in the top three, then we will get promoted, which is what we want to do, um, which we want to do to go to get back into the to the Premier Division. And if it is where you know everything's local which it seems to be it can only um, it'll, it'll only benefit us to be honest with you and uh, hopefully we can kick on next year and you know go from there so you've got Oldland up next and then it's Gillingham and both of yeah. those games are away and both clubs on their day are capable of beating anybody that's correct yeah to be honest with you, Gillingham um, we've lost three and Gillingham was one of them they come up to us um, not so long back and um, they beat us 1-0 I know they've never had a very good start to the season but um they turn it around. I think they won again against Wincanton on Boxing Day, or the day after. And but yeah, I mean, they will be. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's one we're looking forward to. Um, Audland as well. Obviously, a derby as well is only a mile at the road from us. So so yeah, we're all looking forward to it. To be honest, we've put. I think if you look at, it, I think we've lost. We've we've dropped more points at home than we have away. So our away form is probably better than our own form. But. Um, you know, we can only take it, like I say, to the players and the squad. We just take one game at a time at the moment and we just, you know, see where wherever we end up is where we deserve to be. Now, December hasn't been a particularly kind month for the weather. No. Um, fingers crossed that January isn't as bad. But if the weather does hold, you've got quite a few games penciled in um, for, for January, culminating in a game away to Nelsie and Tickenham on the 24th. And that's a game that I guess could have huge implications for both sides um, on how they finish this season. Yeah, I mean, we were supposed to play them. I think it was the 17th of December, but obviously the uh, the weather kicked in and the game was postponed, which we were all looking, you know, looking forward to going down there and play. But obviously now it's got it's been penciled in for a night match, which takes a little bit of the edge off of it because I think the, these games really need to be played on played on a Saturday. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're like I say, we're looking forward to every game. If I can keep the squad. Um, healthy and you know and gets injured and we don't pick up too many suspensions then we're, we're you know we're in we're in a very good place for us to uh to go there and go anywhere really to uh to pick up three points well at this time of the year lee there really is only one other question that i can ask you and that is did you have a good christmas 
Yeah, so far it's been good. Obviously, the the win over the weekend or Monday or Tuesday, I can't. I lost the days now. But when we played, uh, when we played Shire, we obviously I said to him, uh, uh, the only you know present I needed was to get three three points on again on the board, which we did. Um, but yeah, personally, yeah, it's been you know Christmas is um, there's a lot of sport in Christmas around Christmas. So yeah, obviously I'm back I'm back to work in the next couple of days, and then we go again for the football season to start again. Because I know that the job of a football manager um, never ends. Um, but were you able to spend some time with the family? Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. To be honest with you, I, I don't live far away from the ground as well. So, you know, we were at home as well. So, But, yeah, I've had a lot of time with the family and, and everyone else. So, But for me, it's all about, you know, I, I, love, I love the football, I love the build-up to it and, the, uh, the you know, everything we've got to do, ring players, text players, is, is, all, is all to do with the, the management. And, you know, I, I, at this time of year, it's, uh, it can be a bit of a headache. But, yeah, we had a couple of players what couldn't play through missing it to um, for, for Christmas. But everyone, you know, was available. And I think, I think the players, in fairness, they like playing around Christmas anyway, to be honest. And my thanks to Lee for his time. Now, moving on to a side you know well, Tom, odd down. They took on Hengrove Athletic. You never really know which um, which Hengrove Athletic side you're going to get, uh, I think, this season. Um, but um, 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 odd down probably got the easier of the two. <laughs> I think they did, yeah. Potentially, a, yeah, yeah, potentially Hengrove a little bit, you know, asleep at the wheel. It was an early, early kickoff. And uh, odd down, yeah, very much shut out the blocks in this one. Uh, a 5-1 win, uh, midday kickoff. So yeah, plenty of, plenty of time for them uh, to, to to enjoy this on 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 Monday afternoon and whatnot. But yeah, 5-1 win. Uh, top scorer Luke Bryan, obviously scoring in either half. Uh, yeah, he's having another fantastic season in front of goal. Uh, Tyrone Marholland uh, also on on the uh, on the score sheet in the first half, uh, and then it was a couple of goals actually late on as well from Louis Short and Braffy Wall, uh, completing a pretty one-sided victory for for the Bath side. So yeah, good Christmas for for Odd Down. And one final game to talk about in the first division. Um, Wing Canton Town, they were at home to Gillingham Town. I've got a sneaking suspicion. This might have even been a game I highlighted on last week's um, mm. podcast. Um, Wing Canton, of course, back at their home, <coughs> as, as the saying goes, we're, you know, we'd expect them to be back at the races. But mm-hmm. Gillingham Town <coughs> appeared to have turned into Manchester City <laughs> um, in the last couple of months. I'm not entirely sure how this happened. But um, uh, it, it's been an absolutely fantastic um, revival um, for the Dorset Club, and it continued on um, Boxing Day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely, um, we must must note that it was aided by a couple of uh, early red cards for the home side. So uh, Gillingham very much uh, uh, with the with the man advantage in this one. But yeah, they were made and they were made to pay, uh, made to made to work hard for their victory. It was only one nil at half time, despite uh, as I say, a couple of uh, a couple of pretty early dismissals. Tom Jarvis scoring the only goal. Uh, in the first half uh, to put Gillingham one up. Uh, but then, yeah, 20 minutes from time, Joe Montsorf uh, managed to add a second, uh, and then Jarvis scored again uh, late in the piece. So uh, a 3-0 win for yeah, Gillingham away at Wincanton. Uh, fantastic win for the, for the Gills. Excellent stuff. Now, we do have a couple of games um, um, to see off um, 2022 uh, on Friday, the 30th of December. Welton Rovers, they're at home to Street. That's a 7.30 kickoff. And in the first division, Shirehampton, they take on Portishead Town. That's a quarter to eight kickoff. But um, most of our programme is on Monday, the 2nd of January. Most of the kickoffs are 3 p.m. Um, but do please keep an eye on social media and your uh, your club channels um, to make sure that uh, you can confirm when the kickoffs are. We'll start off in the Premier Division, Tom. What uh, fixture has caught your eye? Gone for Falmouth versus uh, Bridgewater. I want to see if uh, yeah Falmouth can double up. Obviously, uh, 
uh, beating one of the well, beating the top side uh, on Boxing Day. Can they? Uh, yeah, can they make it a new year? New year to remember. Uh, hosting Bridgewater, that would be a hell of a hell of a devil to complete. So uh, yeah, interesting to see how they they follow up their uh, memorable victory on Boxing Day. And I'm going to go for Helston Athletic. We know they're a competitive side. They're at home to Shepton Mallet. Can Aaron Sevier continue that incredible um, start he's had as, as Shepton manager? And, of course, Shepton, as we'll hear shortly, uh, uh, are nestling nicely towards the top of the Premier Division table. So I think a win at Helston would be a huge statement of intent. And, of course, a Helston win would um, hopefully look to kick them on for better things in 2023. Um, we'll uh, take a look in the first division as well. Tom, what game has caught your eye there? Come for Gillingham Warminster. Uh, so two of the big winners uh, from Boxing Day. Obviously, we touched on uh, Gillingham victory away at Wincanton. Uh, Warminster, another side uh, to score three uh, in their, their win over Radstock on Boxing Day. So, yeah, those two come together. Uh, on New Year's Day, one of the I think it's a, a three o'clock kickoff that one. So yeah, be uh, be fascinating to see how um, how both sides follow up their uh, their wins on Boxing Day, as I say. And um, I'm going to keep the trend going that I started in the Premier Division by picking one of our featured sides on this week's podcast, Brislington. They travel away to Oldland Abertonians. Now, uh, although there is something of a points difference between these two sides, Brislington sit in third, Oldlander in fourth. Um, so they're two sides very close to each other in the table, and I'm sure this will be very competitive. Oldland, I'm sure, will have... Uh, they'll be really up for this game against Brislington, and Brislington know, as we heard from Lee Perks, that really every result is crucial now. They have to be winning every game if they're going to realise their ambitions um, this season. So I think that will be a really competitive game uh, and, um, yeah, one to uh, one to look out for. Uh, now, before we wrap things up for another year on the Toolstation Western League podcast, we will take a look at the final league tables, Tom, of 2022. Uh, do you want to kick us off in the Premier Division? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, top of the table, obviously, just about holding up. Uh, Saltash, despite the, de the defeat on uh, on Monday. Uh, so, they've played 22. Uh, they've won 15 of those. So, they are on 50 points. They're, they're the only team to, to reach the uh, the Magic 50 so far. Uh, you've then got Bridgewater, obviously, close on their tails. And they did uh, trim the gaps ever so slightly on Boxing Day. So, they've played 20. So, a couple of games in hand, to be fair to them. And a better goal, if must be noted. Uh, and they're on 49 points. So, they're one behind. Uh, then, you've got Shepton. Uh, another win for them, obviously. Uh, 19 games played, so uh, yeah, games in hand on the on the top few, but they're on 41, so a little bit back. Uh, and then in fourth place, we've got Mausel on 39 points from 18 games, so doing really well. And uh, Buckland in fifth, they've played, played 20 matches, they've won 11 of those, and they're on 35 points. So that's how the top five sit in the Prem at the moment. Those games in hand, Tom, could be mm. absolutely crucial, couldn't they? Nope. If those sides start winning all of those games, mm. you know, it puts Mausel. And Shepton, obviously, right right back into contention up there. So um, that's going to be yeah. fascinating to see how that, that plays out. Uh, towards the bottom of the Premier Division, we have Canesham Town. They're in 19th. They've played 22 games. They've got 12 points. One point above them is Wellington. But Wellington have only played 16 games so far this season. Uh, one point above them with 14 points is Cabri Heath. They've played 19 games. The same number as Sherbourne Town in 16th who've got um, 16 points it is very congested down at the bottom there and certainly a run of two good results um, could see the likes of um, Canesham or indeed Wellington um, moving up uh, moving up the table so um, uh, be interesting to see whether any of those sides can start the new year uh, as they mean to go on now we'll take a look at the first division and who are going to be uh, who's top of the hill in the Ooh. first division at the end of this year then Tom 
despite not having a game uh, on Boxing Day because of uh, a postponement, it was, it is, sorry, it is Well City. Uh, 24 games they've played, 19 wins, 59 points. So, yeah, they sit, sit top of the tree at the turn of the year. Uh, you've then got Nailsy and Tickenham, uh, who drew on Boxing Day, so had the, also had the opportunity to go top. Uh, they've played 25, so one, one more than Wales, in fact, uh, and they were 57, uh, with a, a goal difference of 51. So, fantastic start to the, to the campaign for them, and they are hot on Wales' tail. Uh, we've then got Brislington in third. That remarkable comeback uh, from them keeps them, yeah, very much in the in the title race. Uh, they've got 23 games uh, under, under their their books, and they've got 56 points. So they are, yeah, a couple of points behind, but games in hand. So uh, yeah, those those three potentially pulling away a little bit, but they, uh, yeah, they're all it's extremely tight at the top. Uh, and then you've got a couple of teams that have, uh, yeah, definitely. Capable of a second half charge, I would say. Oldland played 22, uh, 44 points, so two again. That is a fantastic, uh, fantastic result so far for them. And then FC Bristol, they played 20, uh, 24 games, uh, and they're on 42. So that's how the top of the uh, the first is looking. And from what we know about the the new league, the Western Peninsula League, it may well, it, well, we we are expecting it to be the the top four sides um, mm. uh, going up. So of course, um, whilst Wales, Nelsie, and um, Brislington um, compete for probably the title. Um, Oldland are in a very interesting position, and uh, could well we could even we could see a battle developing, a league within a league between Oldland and um, FC Bristol, Shirehampton. I think you know you can look down, odd down, and um, potentially even um, Wincanton as well. Um, and it's also good to see that Warminster, who started this season um, uh, very ponderously, um, having got into the playoff final last season, have now got themselves up to 10th. Um, so I think a great deal of credit needs to go to the Wiltshire Club um, for getting their season very much back on track. be interesting to see whether they can kick off or kick on in the uh, in the new year. Um, I'm not allowed to look into the mid-table. I've got to look at the bottom, and that's where Bishops Lydiard are. They're in 22nd place. Uh, they play 21 games, 13 points. Um, same number of points as Radstock. Radstock are above them um, purely uh, by having a, a superior goal difference. Um, but uh, Radstock have played 23. They've got 13 points. And then there's a five-point gap between Radstock and Titherington Rocks. Titherington Rocks have also played 23. And um, and they've got 18 points as well. The same number as Bristol Telephones, who've played 25 games. So... Um, yeah, there's work to be done, I think it would be fair to say, at the bottom of the first division for those sides. Tom, um, it's been another fantastic year for us uh, in the in the Tool Station Western League. Thank you so very much for all of your efforts, uh, not just producing the bulletin, but also, of course, um, giving up your time to speak to me every week mm-hmm. um, about what's going on in the Pleasure. league. As we do every year. Uh, every episode, um, uh, we've been reviewing your excellent bulletin. And just in case there are first-time listeners out there, where can they find your work? It's on the uh, Tool Station uh, Western League website. So if you go to the homepage and scroll down about, yeah, about halfway, it's on the on the left-hand side, and you can click on that where you can get the uh, the latest edition. And that comes out every week, obviously, around this time of year. It's a little bit not every sort of Sunday morning, etc. Obviously, but uh, yeah, that comes out every week, and that will go back and look at the games that have just happened and, and, and also obviously look ahead to, to what's to come. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm glad you had a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am I'm wishing you and all the listeners a Happy New Year uh, because the next time you hear from us, it will be 2023 mm-hmm. on the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>